It's great. I've been studying, believe I just said, how many years we've been married? But Mason reminds me. 46, about 56 years. That's why it's so fast. I've studied him all these years, and I thought, what makes him different from some Vietnam veterans I've met that have become bitter? He's only become better. It's his attitude of gratitude. Cleve is so grateful for what he has left. He's never, ever complained about what's been taken away. He said, honey, I know this hand's shot up. There are a lot of things I'm unable to do with that hand. He's taken the word can't out of his vocabulary. He does all he can with that one hand and only two things that work. Unbelievable what he does. But that's the difference an attitude of gratitude can make in your life, to appreciate what's left. I'm reminded every day when I button up his shirt, when I tie his shoestrings, when he's in uniform, and I lean over to do these things, I get love tap on the back side. That's why no other woman is allowed to tie his shoestrings. He might forget. <laughs> but every time I do these things for Cleve, you better believe in a very visible way. I'm reminded freedom is not free. I taught our girls when they were little, when they pledge allegiance to the flag, cover your hearts right now as if you're pledging allegiance. Feel your heart beat. That's what I always tell my girls. Feel your heart beat. Because two men, he'll tell you about, their hearts no longer beat. Because they died trying to save their lieutenant's life. Freedom is not free. And we live on the beach of South Carolina. And I'm telling you, the way the girls are dressed in this day and age, those little tiny string bikinis, there are days I have to move the patch over his good eye and leave you right on. Rough night. Rough night. So to you, dear please, I write this with pride. For it's men and women like you fighting side by side that make this world a better place to live. But oh, what a price you had to give. From hippies and yippies and draft dodgers too. I'm sure it made fighting lonely and blue. We can't replace your eye or your hand of the miserable days you had in that hospital in Japan. But one day there will come on this lonely shore our Savior so great who will say suffer no more. This world will end all of its worry, wars, and strife. And to you, my dear Cleve, we're going to celebrate our eternal life, my hero, Cleve McLeary. Thank you. Thank you all for letting me be here tonight. Thank you all for being here tonight. And uh, Mason, as far as the Holy Land, it's good to see her again. And I appreciate she and Dennis Flint invite me to be here with you. I won't be long, I promise you. I know you all got studying and everything else. My daddy played football at Furman. Mom was at GWC back in those days. My older daughter, Tara, finished in uh, political science. God only knows what you do in that kind of major. You got to run for something. You can't get a real job. But anyhow, <laughs> younger daughter is here with us tonight. She's like a daddy. She couldn't go to college. She went to Clemson. But anyhow, <laughs> thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for letting us be with you. A lot of folks speak to you during your career in college. Everybody in the world talks better than I do with this South Carolina accent. Most folks look up better than I do. But young people, nobody will ever be with you tonight or any other night that owe you what I do. Owe you my life. And if a young men like you on a hill in Vietnam, many of you gave their lives, I'd be dead right now. Maybe if an 18-year-old wife that loved me, cared for me, gave me a reason and will to live, I'd be dead tonight. 
I'm here to say thank you. I know what you're thinking. You see me, you see Deanna. How in the world so many ugly as you get a wife look like that? <laughs> I was a high school football coach. I tell you what's going on undefeated. I married my cheerleader. You do that today, you go straight to jail. I promise. <laughs> uh, six years ago, we got away with it. I thank God for my wife. I've been wounded seven times in Vietnam, 49 operations, two and a half years in the hospital. Told with 600 Marines and sailors come home. Our golf, leg golf, eyes out. So about 65% of their wives turn their back and walk out on their husbands. My bride's been with me every step of the way. And believe me, I thank God you stay for me. I didn't have to go to Vietnam as a college coach. September 1966, I saw a young man on a college campus do something I hope I never see again in person. A young man burned the American flag. You heard about a walk-on on a college campus? I was a walk-off. I went into Paul Beach's office next morning and said, Coach, I'm going to Paris Island and join the Marine. Coach looked at me and said, you crazy. Two days later, I met Sergeant Ford from Randall, Kentucky. He showed up. Coach was right. But I did some Marine training, had some awesome program at Quantico, and from there to Vietnam. Wrote a book about it, made a movie about it. Quite sure with you, my last patrol. Had a recon team, we'd go in an area that hurt you many men. Instead of going with a six-man team, we went in with 13 men. Landed on a small tea plantation in the middle of a large valley. As we landed, we found pudgy pits, booby traps, mines, but we were very fortunate. Nobody was killed sitting on the hill. I cleared a pudgy pit, got the bottom of that. Had my radio man, McCormick, did a foxhole to my left. Three in a foxhole to my right. About 50 yards behind me, a bomb had exploded. Left a big crater in the ground, and I put eight men on the edge of this bomb crater, thinking it'd have a good bit of protection. About 12 o'clock at night, I thought I heard some enemy movement at the bottom of the hill. I grabbed my shotgun, crawled out of the punchy pit, started making my way to the right to see if these men had heard anything. Before I got to them, a grenade came in. It exploded, hit me in the neck and the shoulder, and like another brave lieutenant, I jumped back in a hole I'd crawled out of. Started calling for artillery and air support opposition. While well, it was already over by 10 or 12 enemy, what we call a sapper unit, no, I'm better known to y'all probably as a suicide squad. It's like these terrorists they got today. These men had grenades tied around the waist, had grenades in each hand and a pin pull, just went up the hill exploding, killing themselves, trying to kill us. I didn't know them, didn't have anything against them, just didn't want them killing me and my men. And we shoot him as fast as we could. One got in front of me, I shot him. His bullet was bumping a hole with me. As he fell in, he had some of his hands about the size of one of your lady's pocketbooks. There's a satchel charge, it's full of explosions. He came in with this and exploded, blew the toe beside the punchy pit. I go through the air, respect my shotgun, realized the blast had blown my left arm off just above my elbow. Looked to my left, my radio man, my corpsman. We did, unconscious, at the time I wasn't sure which. Heard me screaming in the right crowd, what happened to Ganae Pinup, I told. A young Marine, PFC Ralph Johnson, Burke High School, Charleston, South Carolina. Ralph jumped on a grenade, split it with his stomach, bled himself in half, saved my life, life of two Marines with him. His family later received the nation's highest award, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Fifty years ago, we named the VA hospital in Charleston, Africa. 
15 years ago in Street in Charleston, and four years ago, a $4 million destroyer that's off of China tonight. Ralph H. Johnson, I appreciate that. That night, I tried to get over to him at the corner where another grenade came in. As I did, I threw my hands up. This arm was off, right hand coming right eye, and they exploded. Pulled the left eye out, nose off, keep the left side out, both their drums out. Lost most of the use of my right hand. Things look pretty tough, and I think I'm only chance of getting a crater behind me where I ain't been fighting. Tried running for the bomb crater before I got there, and they hit me in the leg. I lay there in semi hours. I don't know how long it passed, but believe me, y'all, I didn't want to live so bad all my life. If I could just see my men get off that hill alive. If I could see my bride one more time. Heard the movement behind me. I said, it's over now. I got close. So I heard something go, Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Recognize a boy, 18-year-old Marine, I had from Alaska. He lived yet, Rod Hunter. Rod knelt by my feet. We just pick it in me off and came up the hill. Bob Lucas from Fort Worth, Texas, came and got on the radio. Bob called for helicopters. The pilot said he couldn't get there till daylight. He said, tell him, forget it. We've been throwing rocks on the side of the hill, out of grenades. What if I be here at daylight? Pilots reconsidered. 3 a.m., the first bird landed. They put the two dead, five wounded on that chopper. As they lifted, the next one landed. The rest of my men grabbed hold. If that bird lifted, about 150 enemies just covered the hill. Five more minutes, nobody. We got off that hill alive. Bullets of Marble Mountain had surged there, presented Japan, presented Bethesda, Maryland. I started walking a little bit. They said, son, your best bet to go home on leave. Came to my wife's hometown, Florida, South Carolina, and read a paper one day. Fellowship of Christian Athletes were having a teen crusade at the local high school. And that didn't impress me too much, but I read in the paper, one of my heroes is going to be there, Bobby Richardson, former second baseman New York Yankees. And lower the paper, said Bobby Caitlin Dyke, former Miss America from Arizona. I'm a country boy from South Carolina, but I ain't totally stupid. <laughs> I turned to my wife and I sure like to go see Bobby Richardson. <laughs> you know, any Marine likes to see Miss America. So we went out to FCA rally that night, and Bobby and Bobby K got up and shared as I have tonight. Billy Zioli, President Ford's personal chaplain, brought a message at night that God used to change our lives. And in Billy's message, he said there are two kind of fools in this world. A fool for Christ and a fool for others. He said, whose fool are you? Whose fool are you? I knew that night whose fool I've been all my life. So I never drank, I never smoked, just to run an all-fool sports. Been all stayed in. State champion of my run. Just to impress people. I go to Sunday school and church ever since nine months before I was born. Because that's what mom and dad want me to do. 26 years of my life, every Sunday, I'd walk out of church, every Sunday, little white-headed lady had me on the back, told me what a fine Christian boy I was. Y'all ever heard that before? You know, so many people told me I was a Christian, I thought I was. Dan and I, we had Bible study, prayer, family devotion ever since we first got married. I impressed her, she impressed me. Let me tell you, God wasn't impressed. We had a whole lot of church and a whole lot of religion in the head. What we needed was a savior in our heart. And that night at that FCA rally, we knelt, prayed, confessed our sins in a very personal way. Invited the Lord Jesus to fill that vacuum in our heart that only he can fill. 
And we found the real joy, the real life, the real peace. So many are searching for because of that personal relationship with the living Savior. You may think of my men suffering that night on that hill that I suffered and my wife has suffered. I call it daddy and a lot of abuse going up. You suffer, don't you? Broken home situations, drinking problems, drug problems. A lot of us have had that in family lines. Injury, sickness, illness, death of family, maybe a layoff, a financial struggle. But then and I found that our Bible has become our most prized possession. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says we rejoice in our suffering. Because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Hope doesn't disappoint us. Because God's love has poured into our hearts is a free gift from the Holy Spirit. In those verses, the word character, y'all, I believe character is a great word in American night, but I believe it's a misused word. You get in a public school, you got to have a theme, and I go in with a drug and alcohol thing. Just, come on, man, you went in more Vietnam vet, you had a drug problem? Let me tell you, young people, I had a serious, serious drug problem. My daddy drug me to work, drug me to school, <laughs> drug me to practice, drug me to church. I wish you had that same daddy with that same problem. But parents, grandparents, we made a big mistake in this country. What have we done? We tried to give y'all everything we didn't have. Everything money can buy. You know, I believe we ought to give you what we had. Give you a few things that money can't buy. Honesty, integrity, loyalty, discipline, commitment, manners. Fellas, stand up for a lady comes in a room. Open the door for a lady. Close the door. Pull it your eyes. Push it back. And girls, let them do it. <laughs> yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. I love you. Simple words, but important words. When I was in that mass unit, no eyes supposed to live. It's a death-dead situation. Play ball together. You go to class together. Go to school together. You get close. You fight together hand-to-hand. You'll get close, too. And two dead left wounded out of 13. My men that could walk came by that mesh unit one at a time just to tell me bye. Just to get a last look. I started saying we're crying, but you know Marie, man, we tough. We don't cry, but the eyeballs are sweating pretty good. <laughs> and they lay a plaque down by me, and on that plaque it said, In this world of give and take, there are not enough people willing to give what it takes. What an honor to be the FCA group with your leadership that you have. Young people like you preparing yourself mentally, physically, spiritually. Willing to give what it takes by faith, by flag, by families, by freedom, by young people. For the way of life we know and enjoy so well because of great folks like you. In closing, I like to use an illustration of a baseball diamond, and I love to use a baseball diamond as an illustration for your life, because you are a diamond, you're precious. And as you look at the diamond of your life, let's let first place that diamond, first place your life, be salvation. God's Word teaches you must be born again, a personal relationship with a living Savior. And let's let second place your life be church membership, and that's how I see some folks lose interest in the church. But know what the Lord Jesus called the church? He called it his bride. His bride. I like that. 
You can talk about your shot up marine all you want to. You can talk about a daughter, Sarah Christie. You can talk about her five grandchildren. Talk about my bride and my fight you. And I think that's the way we should buy that church. The third base of life is serving. And I think we need to serve others and help others. I know SCA does a great job. And whole plenty of life is heaven. And the Bible promises I go to prepare a place for you. That special place is heaven. 1924 World Series, Washington, New York were playing that year. Washington won three games, New York won three games. Seventh game, the ninth inning, throughout to the ninth, score was tied. You can imagine tension, excitement. Last game, last out, the World Series. New York pitcher wound up, he delivered. Goose Godwin, one of the leading hits of Washington, they start to Detroit, was in bat. Pitch came in, Godwin was left-handed, he swung, he connected. Ball went out left center field. It looked like his fourth home run, but instead of clearing the wall, Godwin drives the side of the fence and bounced back on the playing field. Goose Godwin ran it first, hit it for second, ran it second, hit it for third. By this time, left fielder played the ball. Rick shut off the wall. He feel it. He turned. He threw for home with everything he had. Godwin's cut that third base line. Throw was coming in from left field. Everyone watched was standing. Everyone York was standing. They knew it was going to be close at home. As the throw came in, peg was high. Catching York in a straight way up. As he reached to get it, Godwin slid under. Everybody sleep. Throw was high. Tag was late. Godwin was safe at home. Crowd went wild. Holland yelling, running the field, ripping up the bases. But as they got their home plate, as that dust settled there at home, that fellow dressed in blue. That old pile was squatting behind a plate with his fist up there screaming. You're out! You're out! Killing umpire. Flying no month. Everybody see throw been high, tag was late. How in the world could call it out in whole play? Umpire grabbed the megaphone. He turned, he fixed the crowd, came down to celebrate. All of a sudden, wanted to kill him. Says, I've called the base runner out because he never touched. First base. He failed to tag. First base. You look at that diamond in your life tonight. Maybe you're walking around in one of the most beautiful campuses in America in the Lake Hill. You maybe just want to get along with the Lord and replay that baseball diamond of your life and make sure you touch that first base. I don't know how close death you've been, but I guarantee you I know how close death I've been. And if I'd have died on that hill in Vietnam and I missed about a half a heartbeat, I'd be in hell for eternity right now. You heard about God and knew about God in the Bible and all that and had it all in my head. But I'd not end up inviting them in my heart the very first way. I touched second, I touched third. But I'd miss the most important base. Let us bow in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart lifted. As you look at that baseball diamond, you may say, Clay, I've never heard it quite like this. I've never looked at my life as a baseball game, as a baseball diamond, but as I do tonight, I need to replay that game. And Lord, tonight, I want to touch that first place. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. Ask you forgive me of my sins, and I invite you to a very personal way to come dwell in my heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me, and help me, Lord, to live for you. In thy name we pray that God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.